1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: On the third day of creation, God filled the earth with vegetation, and we see here that He gives three categories of vegetation. God said, let the earth bring forth grass, uh, that includes grass and grain, then the herb that yields seed, so that would be herbs and vegetables, and the third category of vegetation, the fruit trees, the fruit trees that yield fruit
1: according to its kind. Imagine summarizing everything you do in an entire day into a few words. It would be hard to do. In today's message, Pastor Dan invites you to take a deeper look at what God did when He created the world and everything in it. You'll discover that Genesis describes the third day of creation as being doubly good. On this day, God created three different categories of vegetation. Pastor Dan will look at what they are and explore how God designed these plants to yield fruit according to their kind. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: So God caused the dry land to appear. He also sets a boundary for the seas. Again, Psalm 33, he assigned the sea its boundaries and he locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. So from creation we see, from this creation account, we see that God commands the oceans and he commands the dry land to appear. God has power over uh, the seas, he has power over the land, he has authority over them. He, he, he speaks, and the water moves away, and the dry land appears. Now, this is not the only time in the Bible that we see God gather the waters together to make dry land appear. Uh, in the Exodus story, remember the Exodus story, the children of Israel they depart from Egypt and they come to the Red Sea, they hit a dead end. We're told in uh, Exodus chapter 14 that they were shut in by the mountains. They had mountains on each side of them. They've got the Dead Sea or the Red Sea in front of them. And they've got Pharaoh and his army chasing after them from behind. And what did God do? God parted the waters of the Red Sea. And it says he, he caused the dry land to appear. And they walked through the midst of the Red Sea on dry land, on dry ground. Uh, then in the book of Joshua, when the children of Israel came to the edge of the promised land, God parted the Jordan River and they walked through the Jordan River on dry ground, it says. In Second Kings, Elijah the prophet, we're told, he, he took his mantle, his coat, and he rolled it up and he hit the waters of the Jordan River and the waters parted. And Elijah and Elisha walked together on dry land through the Jordan River. After that, Elijah, if you remember the story, he is, he is taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire. And as he goes up to heaven, his, his mantle falls. And Elisha, the prophet, picks up his mantle and he goes back to the Jordan River. And he rolls up the mantle just like Elijah did. And he hits the water and the water then parts for Elisha, the prophet, and Elisha walks through on dry, ground, on dry ground as well, just like Elijah did. So there's several times in the Bible where God gathered the waters and caused the dry land to appear, that he showed his power over the waters, over the seas, over the land, over his creation. You come to the New Testament, right? The New Testament, Jesus and his disciples are out in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, and they get caught in a storm. The disciples think they're going to perish. And Jesus stands up and it says he rebukes the wind and the waves. And immediately there's a calm. The storm didn't just like gradually dissipate and the clouds just kind of go off. It says immediately it's gone. And it was so. Yes. And after he did that, the disciples wondered among themselves, who, who is this? that even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, they're Jews. They know their Old Testament. They know all the times going all the way back to creation, to Genesis 1, when, when God divided the waters, when God caused the dry land to appear, when he demonstrated his power over the seas. And so now they're in the boat saying, who, who, who is this guy? That even the wind and the waves obey him. And that wasn't the only time the disciples got caught in a storm on the Sea of Galilee. They get caught a second time. The second time, Jesus isn't with them. Which, by the way, we go through storms in life, right? And we kind of have Storm 101. And then God puts us into Storm 102, right? Storm 101, he's in the boat with us. Jesus is right there. He takes care of everything. Storm 102, now he kind of sends us out there on our own for a little bit. You know, we're graduating up. Storm 102, Jesus comes walking on the water. He gets in the boat with them. He calms the storm. And this time, this time, the disciples, it says, worshipped him. And they said, truly, you are the son of God. Right? They got it. This, this is the creator. This is the creator who, who in Genesis, he divided the firmament. In Genesis, he... He gathered the waters together in one place and allowed the dry land to appear. This is the God who in Exodus parted the Red Sea. This is the God who parted the Jordan River for Joshua and then for Elijah and Elisha. Truly, this is the Son of God. So now, at this point in creation, the sky, the sea, And the land are established. So the physical structures are in place. The physical structures are complete. And now God can fill them with life. And that's what he does. Look at verse 11. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and so evening and morning were the third day. I don't know if you noticed here, but on the third day, uh, God said it was good twice on the third day. It's the only day of creation that he says it is good twice. He says it in verse 10. And then he says it again in verse 12. The third day is doubly good. It's twice as good as all the other days. Now for this reason, because it says that the third day is good twice, for this reason Jews traditionally have their weddings on the third day of the week, which is Tuesday. Uh, a few years ago, we had a group in Israel, we were doing a tour, and we were in Caesarea Maritima, Caesarea by the Sea, very beautiful, ancient Roman city on the shores of the Mediterranean Sea, and it was a Tuesday. We actually landed that day, uh, that morning, and went right to Caesarea by the Sea, and we're doing the tour. So we just got off the plane, and we're there. It was a Tuesday, and there was a couple, bride and a groom, that were having their wedding photos taken on Tuesday. And I... Um, you know, immediately uh, started to explain Genesis here and that the Jews have their wedding on the third day of the week, but we just had an overnight flight. And I couldn't remember what the third day of the week was. I didn't know what day it was. I knew it was the third day of the week because they were getting married, but I couldn't tell you it was Tuesday. <laughs> so now here, if you're a note taker, you can jot down John chapter 2 verse 1. In John chapter 2, verse 1, you have the wedding in Cana. And it says in John chapter 2, verse 1, On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. On Tuesday, the third day. So, third day of creation, it's doubly good, twice as good. That's why they have weddings on that day. On the third day of creation, God filled the earth with vegetation And we see here that he gives three categories of vegetation. God said, let the earth bring forth grass. Uh, That includes grass and grain. Then the herb that yields seed. So that would be herbs and vegetables. And the third category of vegetation, the fruit trees. The fruit trees that yield fruit according to its kind. And notice in verse 12, the tree that yields fruit... Whose seed is in itself according to its kind. So the vegetation was created, fully mature, fruitful, producing, and it was so. Like he said it, boom, there it is. He created it having a seed within itself, which means it's it's self perpetuating. God, God doesn't need to keep recreating vegetation. He created it once, has a seed within it. And it's able to reproduce. He designed it with reproduction built into the vegetation. Isn't that amazing? You know, when you think about it, uh, that, that uh, as we go through this, the ability to reproduce is, is just wired into, built into vegetation, animals, and humans. I just, I, that's just amazing to me. Uh, I, have you noticed... Uh, that the fruit that you buy now at the stores doesn't have seeds in it anymore, right? You get a seedless watermelon, seedless grapes, seedless oranges. And when you happen to have a seed in your orange, you're bothered by it. Like, you know, you bought the wrong oranges. These have seeds. I found a seed in my orange. <laughs> Remember how many seeds used to be in oranges? And How many seeds used to be in watermelons? It really makes me a little uneasy that we have engineered the seeds out of fruit. I don't I'm not saying like for biblical reasons or anything, but I just just thinking one day we're gonna say, Man, I sure wish we had those seeds. Something's gonna happen.
1: Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs.
2: Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it.
1: Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message.
2: Notice verse 12. The herbs yield seeds and fruit trees yield fruit. It says, according to its kind. That's an important phrase, according to its kind. You know what that means? That means an apple tree will always produce apples. It'll never produce grapes. they will never produce lemons. An apple tree always produces apples. They, they yield seed according to their kind. Notice it says the same thing down in verse 21 about the sea life and about birds. Verse 21 so God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the water is abounded according to their kind. And every winged bird according to its kind. Uh, We see it with the land animals in verse 24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth a living creature according to its kind. Cattle, creeping things, and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. Vegetation and animals reproduce according to their kind. Now this phrase, according to their kind, it allows for variation... Within a kind, it allows for adaptation within a kind or within a species. That is sometimes referred to as microevolution, variation, adaptation. For example, there's a whole bunch of different dogs, isn't there? I mean, you've got domestic dogs like Chihuahuas and St. Bernards and Collies and Poodles. You've got wild dogs like coyotes and dingoes and foxes, but they're all dogs. They're all one kind. And there's variation within that kind or within that species. And the Bible allows for variation within a kind or within a species. But the Bible does not allow for one species becoming another species. In other words, a dog cannot become something other than a dog. It's going to stay within its kind. That that would be what's known as macro evolution, where you, where you claim that one species evolves into some other species entirely. I was at the uh, Natural History Museum last Monday, and they had a display where they had a bone from a whale and a bone from a white-tailed deer, and the bones were similar in appearance, and the sign explained that they both evolved from a common ancestor because they have similar bone structure. Uh, this one bone that matches, so they must have, no, the Bible doesn't allow for that. That's how the evolutionist interprets that. But the creationist looks at that and says, well, they have a common designer, not a common ancestor. Okay, So, so you can have variation within a kind, but everything stays within its kind. It doesn't change from one kind to another kind. And that's true both with vegetation and animals. We see that according to its kind, according to its kind. Now, listen, listen. When we get to the creation of man in like 6,000 years, uh, when we get to the creation of man, it does not say that man was created according to his kind. Why not? Because according to the Bible, there is just one kind of man. Mankind. And that's it. Now, Now, we like to... Point out differences between mankind. We, we like to point out differences in, in races and that kind of thing. But in the Bible, there's one race. There's the human race. And that's it. Created in the image of God. There's not a whole bunch of different kinds of people or man. There's just mankind. God doesn't make those kinds of distinctions uh, in his word. So that brings us to verse 13. The completion of the third day. And in verse 14, we have the fourth day. And on the fourth day, God created the celestial bodies, the stars, the sun, and the moon. Now, for those, those that say that the days of Genesis are really ages and each day represents millions of years, the fourth day creates a problem uh, for that interpretation because you have vegetation created on the third day, you've got the sun created on the fourth day. And if those days represent millions of years, you've got vegetation existing for millions of years before the sun is created. And that ain't going to happen. This is not a problem if you take Genesis literally to be ordinary days. Uh, Verse 14. So verse 14, it says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so again, instantly it 's done. the sun, the moon, and stars boom they 're there in, in place in the heavens and we 're told that the purpose of these uh, celestial lights uh, include you know dividing the day from the night, uh, serving as signs it says, and this this can even refer to navigational signs using this, the constellations to navigate. Job talks about that in Job 38. Uh, It can refer to prophetic signs. Jesus said there would be signs in the sun, moon, and stars before the Son of Man comes. Uh, They are given to us for seasons and for counting days and years and measuring the passage of time and to give light on the earth. So the sun, moon, and stars are created for the benefit and purpose of the earth and for mankind in particular. Verses 16 to 18 kind of expand on this now. Verse 16. Then God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day. That's the sun. And the lesser light to rule the night. That's the moon. He made the stars also. I love how it says that. There's over 100 billion stars in just our galaxy. 100 billion stars. The way it reads here in Genesis is like, oh yeah, by the way. He made the stars also. I almost forgot to mention He made the the stars. (laughs) And then listen to this. Psalm, Psalm 147 says. He calls them all by name. Not only did he make them. He named them. And he knows them. And he calls them all by name. And I just want to close quickly. With looking at Psalm 8. If you want to turn there with me. And we'll finish with this. Psalm 8 Written by David Look at verse three. David says, when I consider your heavens. The work of your fingers. Isn't that, isn't that amazing that he describes it that way? The heavens, the sun and the moon and the stars, a hundred billion stars just in the Milky Way. And David says, it's your finger work. Yeah, it's just your finger. It's just. Now, for him to make 100 billion stars, it's just, you know, it's just his finger work. Now, for God, listen, give me your attention. Making 100 billion stars and the sun and the moon, it's just just finger work. It's like finger painting, it's nothing. Now, to save you from sin, to save you from hell, to provide forgiveness for us? Well, that required God becoming a man, putting on human flesh, offering his entire body as a sacrifice on the cross for us. Which required more for God to do? Stars, that's just, that's, that's finger work. It's nothing. To save you, to save me, to provide redemption for us? Well, that required everything, offering himself to save us. David here, he's looking up at the stars. And when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have ordained. Then he says in verse 4, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. David's mind's blowing Lord, if I look up at the sky and I see all those stars, I see the sun and the moon, and I think, why why do you even bother with us? Why do you even think about us? Why are you even concerned? Why would you visit us? So not, not only does God think about us, but he loves us. The Bible says his thoughts of us are, are more than can be numbered. He's thinking about us all the time. And he loves us. And he loves us so much that he was willing to leave heaven and come down to this earth to rescue us and to redeem us by offering himself as a sacrifice on the cross. Because that was what it would take to save us. He couldn't just do finger work to save us like he did with the stars. He had to come off his throne and leave majesty and glory and he had to come down here to this earth and step in for us, stand in for us to rescue us and offer himself as a sacrifice in our place because he loves us and because he wants to spend eternity with us and that's what it took.
3: He asked me how I know, and I say, Ring truer than the finest crystal.
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There will be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's CalvaryEC.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis. So be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I
3: recognize